0: This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert.
1: It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today. We're delighted to have those watching today, likely for the very first time. Today on our telecast, our topic is entitled, Conflicting Voices. We're going to be studying an Old Testament story about conflicting voices. Please stay tuned. Today we offer a free Bible correspondence course. We want all of you to have this Bible course, and we hope that you'll stay tuned as we tell you more about the course and how to receive it.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational, it's based on the Bible, it's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.
1: I want to read a passage from 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 14. And Micaiah made this statement, As the Lord lives, whatever the Lord says to me, that will I speak. Whatever the Lord says to me, that I will speak. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if all people today in the religious world would follow that guideline, that whatever the Lord says, that's what I'm going to speak. Now to get the background of our lesson today, I want to call you back to the time that God's people were in slavery in the land of Egypt. And eventually God heard the cries of His people and raised up Moses. Moses to become the leader and to become the deliverer of his people. And finally Moses, along with his brother Aaron, appeared before Pharaoh and pleaded for him to let the people go. But it did not until there were some ten plagues that came on the land of Egypt. The last plague was the death of the firstborn of man and beast in the land of Egypt. And that's when Pharaoh let the people leave. They came to the Red Sea and there was the sea before them and then now Pharaoh changes his mind. He wants to bring them back and they're entrapped at the Red Sea. But God used Moses and his rod to part part the waters of the sea. They walked across on dry land. And finally, after leaving the land of Egypt, they came to Mount Sinai where God gave the Ten Commandments, first written law to his people. They began their journey to the land of promise, the land flowing with milk and honey. But when they came to the land, because of their unbelief, they wandered for some 40 years in the wilderness, but finally they entered into the land and God uh, appointed judges over them to rule the people. But eventually the people began to want a king. They wanted a king like all of the other nations that were around them. And so God appointed kings. The first king that he appointed was a young man by the name of Saul. Saul reigned 40 years. Following Saul, there was David who reigned again another 40 years. And then following David, there was David's son Solomon who reigned 40 years. This period of 120 years was a period of of peace that was known as the United Kingdom when God's people were all together. But with the death of Solomon, there was a change that began to ensue. Rehoboam was his son, and he, of course, was heir to the, to the throne. But there was a young man by the name of Jeroboam who did not want the people to give their allegiance to Rehoboam. And so he told the people, that it's too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. That's in First Kings, the 12th chapter, and in verse 28. And so he set up altars at Bethel and Dan. In setting up altars at Bethel and Dan, uh, he changed the place of worship. He changed the object of worship. He even changed the priesthood. And the Bible says in First Kings, chapter 12, and in verse 30, that this became a sin. And it was a sin in the sight of God when he said it's too much. He said you need it easier. I think a lot of people today are looking for an easier religion. They're looking for a cheap way out. But, but this was a problem in those days. You know, in the Old Testament in Jeremiah five thirty and 31, The prophet said, Behold, a wonderful and a horrible thing is committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely. My people bear rule by their means. My people love to have it so. In other words, the people were looking for someone that would tickle their ears, someone that would make them feel good, someone that would give them an easier way out. But you see, God knew that was wrong and God chose to break up their worship. So he sent a prophet among them. I call your attention now to the 13th chapter of First Kings, and we want to notice several passages out of this chapter, and then we'll make some application. So verse 1 says, Behold, a man of God was sent from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. And, of course, this was a false worship. And then he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord. Behold, a child, Josiah by name, shall be born to the house of David. And on you shall he sacrifice the priest of the high places, "...who burn incense on you, and men's bones shall be burned on you." So he made a prediction about what was going to happen, and it did happen 350 years later. Over in 2 Kings, the 23rd chapter, and in verses 15 and 16, we read the fulfillment of what has been said here in 1 Kings chapter 13. There was 350 years later. Listen to it. The altar that was at Bethel and the high places which Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel sin, had made both that altar and the high place he broke down. And he burned the high place and crushed it to powder and burned the wooden image. And as Josiah turned, he saw the tombs that were there on the mountain and he sent and took the bones out of the tombs and burned them on the altar and defiled them according to the word of the Lord which the man of God proclaimed who proclaimed these words. So you see, there was a prediction made in 1 Kings chapter 13 verses 1 and 2 that a child by the name of Josiah, incidentally he was eight years old when he began to reign and that he would be born of the house of David and that he would destroy the high places, that is, the places of false worship. And in verse 3, there was a sign given. He gave a sign the same day, saying, Now this is a sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall split apart, and the ashes on it shall be poured out. So it came to pass, when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God, who cried out against the altar in Bethel, that he stretched out his hand from the altar, saying, Arrest him. So he said, Arrest that man. I don't like what he's saying. And then his hand, which he stretched out toward him, withered, so that he could not pull it to him, to back to himself. The altar also was split apart, and the ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And so, here Jeroboam doesn't like the sign that has been given, even though it was not going to take place for another 350 years. And he says, now I want you to arrest this prophet. And then when he did, Jeroboam's hand withered, and the altar split, and the ashes poured out. And then the king said to the man of God, come home with me. Changed his tune, changed his attitude. Come home with me and refresh, refresh yourself, and I'll give you a reward. But the man of God said to the king, this is what he said to him, if you were to give me half your house, I would not go in with you. Think about that. I wonder how some preachers would respond to that today. He he said, if you were to give me half your house, I would not go in with you. Nor would I eat bread, nor drink water in this place. Well, why not? Now, verse 9, For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall not eat bread, nor drink water, to return the same way that you came. And so he said, I was told not to by the Lord that told me not to eat, not to drink, and not even go back the same way. So he went another way. And he did not return by the way that he came to Bethel. So he was doing exactly what God told him to do. But then there was an older prophet that stepped in. He had been standing on the sideline, so to speak. An old prophet dwelt in Bethel. And his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. And they told their father the words which he spoken to the king. And the father said to them, which way did he go? And his sons had seen him which way the man of God went who came from Judah. And he said to his sons, well, saddle me the donkey. Saddle the donkey for me. And they saddled the donkey for him, and he rode on it. And so he went after the man of God. And he found him sitting under an oak tree. Try to get the picture. Here the man of God has been over to Bethel and he made this prediction to Jeroboam about what was going to happen. And now Jeroboam wanted to come home with him, and he refused. He went back another way, and now there's an old prophet after him. And he finds him sitting under an oak tree. And he said to him, Are you the man of God which came from Judah? And he said, Well, I am. He said, Come home with me and eat bread. Now remember, God had told him not to do that. He said, Don't you eat, don't drink? Don't do anything like that. He said, I cannot return with you nor go in with you, neither can I eat or drink water with you in this place. Well, why not? Maybe the old prophet wanted to know why. He said, for I have been told by the word of the Lord. I've been told by the word of the Lord. ye shall not eat bread, nor drink water there, nor return by going the way that you came. Why, well, he said, the reason I can't go back with you is because God told me not to. How, how, how simple is that to understand? He said, I, and says, this is what the old prophet said, I too am a prophet as you are. I'm a prophet too. That'd be about like two preachers meeting up. You're a preacher? Yeah, I'm a preacher. Well, I am too. Well, he said, I'm a prophet. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with you to your house. Let him eat bread and drink water. That, that, that reminds me of a statement. Paul said, Though we are an angel from heaven, speak any other word unto you than that we have preached, let him be accursed. He said, An angel told me. One of God's angels said but I want you to notice at the latter part of verse 18, this is in parenthesis. He was lying to him. This was a lying prophet. Do, do you suppose, do you just suppose that, that this was the last lying preacher that was in existence? I doubt it. So this is what happened to verse 19. Here's a man older than him, He says, God spoke to me by an angel and said to bring you back. But he was telling a lie. And so here's what the young prophet did, verse 19. So he went back with him. And he ate bread in his house and he drank water. Now it happened as they sat at the table that the word of the Lord came to the prophet who had brought him back. And he said out, uh, cried out to the man of God who came from Judah, saying, Thus says the Lord, Because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you, but you came back and ate bread and drank water in the place of which the Lord said to you, Eat no bread and drink no water. Your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. In other words, you're not going back home, fella. Verse 23, So it was after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk that he saddled the donkey for him and the, the prophet whom he had brought back and when he was gone a lion met him on the road and killed him and his corpse was thrown down on the road and the donkey stood by it. The lion also stood by the corpse and there men passed by and saw the corpse thrown on the road and the lion standing by the corpse and they went and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelled. So here the young prophet went back, listened to a lie, believed a lie, and now it's cost him his life. And when the prophet that brought him back from the way, heard it, he said, It is the man of God who was disobedient to the word of the Lord. Therefore the Lord has delivered him to the lion which has torn him and killed him according to the word of the Lord which he spoke to him. And so he said to his sons, in verse 27, Saddle the donkey for me, so they saddled it. And then he went and found his corpse thrown on the road, and the donkey and the lion standing by the corpse. The lion had not eaten the corpse nor torn the donkey. And the prophet took up the corpse of the man of God, laid it on his donkey and brought it back, So the old prophet came to the city to mourn and to bury him. Then later the old prophet told his sons, the boys, when I'm dead, I want you to bury me beside this young prophet. There's a tremendous lesson to be learned here. It's a lesson of listening to conflicting voices. The young prophet heard God's voice and he went and did what God told him to do. But then as he prepared to leave, he still was doing what God told him to do. To not go into a house, to not eat, not drink, and to go back home another way. But then the older prophet said, Now let me tell you, God spoke to me through an angel and he told me to to bring you back. You see, what God told this young man was contradicted by the voice of the old prophet. And the young prophet gave up a confirmed word Well, one that had not been confirmed. He gave up truth for a lie. Conflicting voices. What about today? Are there any conflicting voices today? The the, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and that hearing comes by the word of God, Romans 10, 17 but we have over here in the religious world some conflicting voices who say that faith is a miracle, that faith comes as a result of some experience that is better felt than told. I am going to ask you, are you going to listen to a confirmed voice? Or are you going to listen to the voice of man Also, in the religious world, there are men that uh, uh, say that it really doesn't matter what an individual believes, so long as he's honest, so long as he's sincere, that it really matters not what one believes. But we go to the Word of God, and we learn that it does matter what one believes. You see, if you were to logically follow that idea that it matters not what you believe, then you could believe nothing and you would still be okay if it matters not what you believe. But the fact is it does matter what one believes. For instance, Hebrews 11 and verse 6, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. So it matters whether or not I believe in God. See, that that matters. It matters whether or not I worship God. It matters how I worship God. It matters what one do, would do in order to be saved. I know some say that you can have your way of salvation. I have my way of salvation. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There are some who say that truth is relative. That truth is determined Sometimes it might be determined by your situation. It may be determined by the way you feel. It might be determined by culture. There are a number of things, according to the proponents of the relativity of truth, that would determine what is right or what is wrong in any given situation. But the fact is, truth is absolute. It's absolute. Listen to John 8 and verse 32. There's not a thing relative about this verse. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And you see, friend, God wants you to know the truth. He would have all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth and the same truth. Jesus said, I am the way I am, the truth and the life. But see, there are some conflicting voices out there. Are we going to listen to those voices that say that, you know, truth is relative? Are we going to listen to the voice of God? There are some out there in the religious world that say that, you know, it's a wonderful thing that we have diversity in religion. And they would even thank God for diversity. And that's what we hear men say. But Jesus says something different. Jesus said, "Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through thy word, that they all may be one as thou Father art in me, and I in Thee, that they may be one in us, that the world may believe that thou hast sent me." Now how we're here? We have some conflicting voices. We have one person thanking God for our diversity. We have Jesus praying that we all be one and that we be united. We have some who say that all one must do to be saved is to just call on the name of the Lord. But that conflicts with what I read in the Bible. You see, there's a conflicting voice. And Jesus said, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven, John 3, 5. When when, uh, Philip was preaching to the people of Samaria, they believed Philip preaching the things concerning the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ. And they were baptized, both men and women. And so that is not in harmony with what we hear some people say. In order to be saved the bible teaches we believe in jesus we repent of our sins we confess we believe and we are to be baptized into christ for the remission of our sins acts 230 that washes away our sins acts 2216 you see there are some conflicting voices out here in the world we have some who would say that once you're a child of god always a child of god And one man even went so far as to say that there's nothing that a child could do even to the point of murder or adultery or robbery that could cause him to lose his soul. That is, once he's saved. But that doesn't harmonize with the Bible. Fact is, one can fall. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 12, Let him that thinketh he standeth, Take heed lest he fall. And in Galatians 5 and verse 4, the Bible reads, Whosoever you are justified by the law, you're fallen from grace. Men say you can't. Jesus says you can. Conflicting voices. Are we going to listen to the old prophet? Are we going to listen to God? This is far more important than most people will admit to listen to the voice of God. Remember what Micaiah Micaiah said in in 1 Kings uh, chapter 22 and in verse 14. Do you remember that he said, whatever the Lord says unto me, now that's what I'm going to speak. And if all of us would just speak what God has delivered to us in the Bible, there wouldn't be conflicting voices today. This was a very dangerous thing for the young prophet. It cost him his life. Don't let it cost you your soul by listening to conflicting voices, things that would conflict with and contradict the plain, simple Word of God. Now today, in our closing moments, I want to give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community, and we also want to encourage you to pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. And I want to encourage you to do that today. Right now, why don't you pick up the phone and call for that course. And again, if we can assist you further in your walk with the Lord, please, please let us know. I want to thank you for watching, getting to know your Bible today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you, may the Lord keep you, is my prayer.
0: Give me the Bible, holy message shining, my life shall guide me in the narrow way. Precept and promise,
1: law and love me till life shall vanish in eternal day.
0: Getting to know your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1 877 711 5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.